Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 12th of December, 2022. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. Also a direct link to my Anchor FM uh, server where I actually host the podcast besides other venues. You can type in spacegab.space. Well... I'll tell you what, the big story everywhere in uh, space and beyond is the Orion spacecraft splashdown. And prior to that, the Artemis 1 mission. I'll tell you what, what a success. From what we know now anyway, so much was out there to follow on this mission. You could watch Everything they were just posting like crazy, and and really, uh, the, the probably the coolest thing, besides well, there's a lot of cool stuff to, that went along with this Artemis, Artemis One mission, um, was the live feed that was coming from the actual Orion spacecraft, the cameras, the multiple cameras they had there. Awesome! I've watched that so many times, and I'll tell you what, it splashed down yesterday. Do you think I was watching anything but that, that that camera? I was watching the the splashdown. At, well, before the splashdown, they're, they're um, getting closer to Earth. That you saw that the camera angles from the Orion spacecraft. Besides seeing all the stuff before that, the moon and the Earth together, and, and so much that I shared on the uh, my Twitter feed. Oh, by the way, that Twitter feed. Uh, I put everything on there that I'm going to be talking about today and things I'm not talking about today also are on there and links to the articles also that I'm talking about today. That's at twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta. Twitter.com slash M-I-K-E underscore C-O-L-E-T-T-A. And uh, you'll see this this article I'm going to be talking about plus everything else. Links to the, um, the the different camera angles that I was watching uh, from the Orion spacecraft. Um, the the links to the uh, radio transmission uh, captures uh, done by uh, Scott Tilly. Just I mean, all kinds of stuff in this project. Uh, things that other people were tweeting out about about the Orion um, and Artemis One mission. It was really awesome. But. The, uh, I was watching at, uh, prior to splashdown, I was watching it getting closer to Earth, the shots from the uh, external cameras on the Orion spacecraft, and then I actually got to watch it entering the atmosphere at one of the phases. The, the article I'm going to tell you about here talks about the different phases when it uh, hit, hit the atmosphere and you know, maybe bounced off and came in for a second time and bounced off came in for the third, the third and final. But um, I got to watch probably, I guess it would be the final time it came through the atmosphere because there was probably a signal blackout because of the uh, what was going on when it, when it touches the atmosphere at that time, all the plasma and things uh, that are created um, probably blacked out the signal, so you wouldn't have saw that. But I got to watch it do its roll as it was coming in the atmosphere and, and then come through. I got to watch the, uh, what is it, the drone shoots, the smaller shoots uh, pop off, and then they let go, and then I got to watch. This is all from the spacecraft. Other people were watching probably live feeds from the helicopters, the ship, or whatever, but I was watching the actual spacecraft um, 
camera angles and uh, the live feed from the NASA. But then you saw the, the main chutes come out. And uh, then what surprised me, before signal loss, you actually see splashdown. You see, you can see the 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 juggling and the, the jittering and the 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 the, um, the the tension or whatever. This you know, the the bam when it hit the when it hit the water, and uh, and then the ocean, the ocean water comes up and flows over the top of the window of the of the, the blocking out the parachutes, making them look blurry, and just for a second. Not even a second, a fraction of a second. You can see the parachutes being blurred out by the ocean water. And then when I went later and I saw the actual replay of the splashdown uh, from the helicopter or whatever the angle was, you could actually see that water come over the cra- spacecraft and and you know splash down onto that window on top because the, the that camera angle was looking up, so you could see the what was going above the spacecraft as it was, com- as it was coming down. But it was so cool. I'll tell you what. Um, watching that angle, and I did, of course, I did put a link on my Twitter feed to a little bit of those um, where the chutes are opened, and and then it, the splash down, and then you see the water. I, I put it all out there. I think I put a GIF out there too, but there was a, a short video. But uh, on my YouTube site, I did uh, put the uh, full video from NASA of it showing it when it was coming into the atmosphere. I think the third time. Uh, then and and then shows all the shoots, the drone shoots coming out, them releasing, and then the main shoots coming out, and then you see splashdown and signal loss. But I did put that out there, so there is a link out there um, to that full video. I think it's seven or eight minutes long. It took all that, but the the other one is it's just a short video showing the um, the splashdown, the shoots, and then boom, then you see the water come over the the the, the window, and then blackout. You see the Artemis logo because they lost signal. But really cool, I'll tell you. But um, this article I just saw, it was an updated article on Space News. Uh, I'm going to tell you about that next. So there's a lot of articles on uh, this Artemis 1 mission. And uh, a lot showing, you know, different angles of the uh, splashdown and, and actual the recovery of the uh, Artemis um, Orion spacecraft in the water by the Navy uh, ships and, and all that. But... Um, a lot, a lot of articles. So this one just came out. It was actually it's an update uh, from Space News. Um, the Orion spacecraft splashed down off the coast of Baja, California at 12.40 p.m. Eastern uh, Time, December 11th, ending the 25.5-day Artemis 1 uncrewed test flight. So, um, and it did quite a bit. You, you're, you're, they did have a post-briefing, and this article from Space News, and I do have a link on uh, the Twitter feed on the article. Really good article. Um, I wrote to them. I just said I put I put a little GIF on the uh, this thing where you can actually see the uh, the splashdown from the capsule. I just said good article. Thanks. Interesting about the parachutes and compartment door. Also, it was fun to watch the splashdown from Orion spacecraft camera and ocean water uh, cover the window before signal loss. So I put out that. But the article itself, it's an updated article from yesterday. Uh, they include the the post splashdown um, news uh, conference. I guess some information. So you, you, it's a really good article. I won't read the whole thing, but because it's it's worth a read. Uh, SpaceNews.com uh, has that. But um, it was interesting as it's going on. Uh, let's see. There was no evidence of any uh, from any time of surface module separation through splashdown. Although it was needed to, they're still reviewing data 
they're still reviewing a lot of data. They're going to be reviewing data for a long time. But this one was kind of interesting because um, when uh, after the splashdown, they're saying they were not able to recover the parachutes or the door to the forward bay on the capsule where they were stored before they sank into the ocean, uh, said the project officers. Uh, they, and they said they knew it was a possibility. Um, the fact that the parachute deployed and was nominal really makes the retrieval of the parachutes kind of a moot point, they said. And you can see it in those videos. You can see when, um, well, from far away, the different angles, but also from the Orion spacecraft, that video that I have on my uh, YouTube channel, and I do have a link there on my Twitter feed to that channel. But um, you can see all the, the chute deployment and, and how well that the chutes actually um, did expand and, and, and slow the spacecraft down and all that. But, yeah, this is a good article. They're talking about pre- previous to the splashdown and then uh, talking about the briefing that they went to, the post-splashdown briefing. So a good article if you'd like to go check it out. But, yeah, I'll tell you, this was a – I was so happy – that NASA was successful with this Artemis mission, um, Artemis One mission, and we've got Artemis Two going to be coming up, and you know there'll be there'll be crewed mission, and uh, that'll be interesting too. But uh, 25 and a half days, isn't that something? Um, and so much happened, and so much of the testing they did we don't know about because they did so many tests. We'll eventually know about when they produce their reports and all this. But I'll tell you, it was so fun. It was great to watch. Um, and they, they kept the public, uh, space enthusiasts and non-space enthusiasts, uh, they kept us informed on what was going on on this Artemis 1 mission, which was awesome. And uh, especially having that live cam, you could sit there. And it, it wasn't always on. A lot of times there was signal loss, but some of the views from those live cameras on the Orion spacecraft were awesome. All the way to the end. I mean, it was awesome to watch everything that was going on during the mission while it was in space. But then the treat, even when it was coming down and entered the atmosphere, and then came down to splashdown, we got to share all that right from the spacecraft. If you didn't see it, like I said, I do have links on my Twitter feed to some of those. Um, some, uh, A lot of the, the photographs uh, and the videos from space, and then this final phase when the splashdown happened. So, yeah. Really cool. I'm, I'm just, like I said, I am thrilled for NASA that this Artemis 1 and SLS launch were a success. Well, it looks like China launched a uh, Long March 4C Y57 rocket with the uh, Xiaoyang 20A and B satellites. And I've got a uh, link on the Twitter feed. Uh, from China and Asia Spaceflight, uh, who shares a lot of uh, Chinese uh, space program information and news. Uh, got an article there shows the launch and some other um, data from the launch. So it looks like, I think that was like, what did he say, the, the, the 59th? He's got a thread here. I think he said it was number 59. Yep, this is number 59. I guess it's the 59th launch for this uh, 2022 year for uh, for China. And uh, Scott Tilley, uh, at Coastal8049 on Twitter, he says, the final update to my Artemis 1 data repository has been completed. And I do have a link on the Twitter f- feed for that. Um, all the information. He did, he did awesome, I'll tell you. Following him, 
with the captures of the uh, Artemis One mission from the, the 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 radio signals transmitted from the Orion rocket uh, was awesome. I'll tell you, what a job, what a great job he did. Uh, and, and and he was you know I'll t- I talked about him being selected as one as one of the two amateur um, radio astronomers. But I'll tell you, there's nothing amateur about uh, Scott Chili. He he goes all out. I'll tell you, if you've seen all his tracking, what he tracks, and the equipment he uses, and all that, and uh, not amateur. But they they called it an amateur, you know, when they selected the two because they're not professionals. Well, they could be. <laughs> so anyway, uh, really good data that he shared, and I did share quite a bit on my Twitter feed. Uh, the captures he made with the uh, Orion um, capsule transmissions really cool but he's got all his his final um repository all out there if you'd like to go check out and see what he's did if if you haven't seen it before i did share quite a bit uh prior um during it was during the mission that it was uh, he was capturing it plus he's tracking other things that are um like uh what is it the fl- fl- lunar flashlight mission and uh some other uh, moonbound missions he's tracking those along with a bunch of other stuff so if you go check him out on his twitter feed at Coastal 8049, that's on Twitter, and uh, he shares quite a bit with the public. Well, success, the launch of a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket from Cape Canaveral with iSpace's Hakoto-R, I hope I pronounced that right, Moonlander, the UAE's Rashad rover, and NASA's Lunar Flashlight Mission, all three going up and uh, do have a video link to that launch and the uh, successful deployment of the iSpace uh, Hakoto R Mission 1. The uh, It's going to the moon. The uh, lander and the rover and that'll, that'll be on the moon and going around the moon is uh, the uh, hitchhiker, they called it, <laughs> a payload hitchhiker. NASA's Lunar Flashlight Mission. Um, inter- it, this would be really cool to watch. Uh, this uh, Japan's uh, moon lander and the uh, UAE's um, rover uh, once on the moon. N- another fun thing. That's that's one of the um, things that I guess um, Scott Tilly is following. Also, the transmissions from that spacecraft uh, as it's going to the moon. Also, the lunar flashlight mission, which I did—I wasn't too sure what it was. I do have a picture of the uh, the actual um, lander, and the rover obviously is going to be inside that. But um, the lunar flashlight mission uh, was kind of interesting, and I do have a uh, a little tutorial video about lunar flashlight on a link there on my Twitter feed, which once again is twitter.com/slash mike underscore coletta. M-I-K-E underscore C-O-L-E-T-T-A. And uh, a nice graphic that shows what the uh, lunar flashlight mission is actually going to be doing and what it's looking for. So if you'd like to go check it out. Uh, And and an illustration also. But the graphic itself is more, um, has more details. But basically what it says is um, it shows the lunar, um, the NASA's lunar flashlight using its four laser reflectometer uh, to search for surface water ice as it makes a close approach over the moon's south pole. 
So um, it's just a little graphic, but like I said, the graphic, um, the animated graphic here uh, will show you a little bit more about what Lunar Flashlight uh, mission is all about, but kind of cool. So another, uh, after a, a little bit of a delay with the, that um, launch, it did happen. And uh, ho I hope, uh, once again, another moon mission. Hopefully all will go with great success. Okay, it's time to talk about the Dear Moon mission and the Dear Moon mission crew. Now, I'm not going to go in detail about this. I'm just going to kind of mention it and uh, my own feelings, what I think about it a little bit, and what I think maybe what others might think about this. Now, this is a mission that was announced um, about, and, and if you want to check it out, it's um, I do have a number of links on the Twitter feed um, if you'd like to go check it out. It's the, the Dear Moon, they're on Twitter, and it's at Dear Moon Project is their uh, Twitter handle. And uh, it has to do with SpaceX. It has to do with a starship. And it has to do with a billionaire, not, not the billionaire who owns the starship and the SpaceX, <laughs> Elon Musk. This happens to be another billionaire. And I'll just, I'm not going to mention names and all that because they're, they're all on the, on the uh, articles. But this billionaire apparently wants to take a bunch of artists or artsy people, I guess, um, on a trip, on a starship, a SpaceX starship, around the moon. Okay, now you heard that the Artemis 1 mission and the Orion spacecraft, that was a 25 and a half day mission around the moon. Okay, now this I'm not sure what the starship duration will be, but it's a long trip. Okay, so go go. Research on your own what this Dear Moon, uh, and their website is dearmoon.earth if you want to go check it out and read about the mission. Now, I'm not sure, and, and, and remember, Starship hasn't even gone. Uh, they're still in the test mode with this, so this is going to be way in the future, and you can read more about it. They're hoping it takes place in 2023. And they're saying here on the website, the first civilian mission to the moon is planned to take place in 2023. The rocket, the rocket developed by Elon Musk's SpaceX will make a week-long journey to the moon and back. So they're saying a week-long journey. Artemis, of course, was a little bit different probably because of the, the uh, orbit and the testing and all that. So this one is saying a week-long journey. Okay, then in 2018, Japanese entrepreneur, and uh, I hope I, I'm probably not going to pronounce this properly, but I hope I do. Let's see, Yasakutu Mezawa, I think, maybe, purchased all the seats aboard this rocket, wishing to give as many talented individuals as possible the opportunity to go, he announced in March 2021. His plans to choose eight crew members from across the world. Well, he did. And he selected the crew. Okay. One of them was, oh, what is it? Um, the everyday astronaut, Tim Dodd. And you've probably seen him. Now, I've watched his documentaries. And he is really, really, really excited about space. And he knows a lot. 
My wife and I both watched this documentary with Elon Musk about SpaceX and Elon Musk. And he, <laughs> the questions he was asking, you, you could tell. And he's, he's got YouTube stuff going on. And he covers space really well. Now, I have no doubt, no doubt in my mind that he wants to go. And, and if this actually does take off, he will go. But I have some major doubts about the other crew members. Major doubts. This is personal opinion. Um, because of this. Now, I don't understand. I don't think these people understand and what realize what could happen. It's not. Now, if they were going on maybe, and, and I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're all excited, but you look at them, you look at the, I think it's more like a, I don't want to say publicity stunt, but what they do isn't really space related. They're excited to do that, but they're, they're artists and, and photographers and filmmakers and this and that and this, which is great. If they if they make it and they go on this, good for them. But I don't, I don't think it's going to go the whole way. As I said in my tweet, I think I think you're going to see some crew changes before this actually happens. Uh, after they start thinking about what this what could now, if it was just a Blue Origin going up and down. They'd all go probably. I I would have no doubt that they'd all go because Blue Origin is like you know an up and down ride goes up to space and comes right back down. Starship, week long or more, going to the moon and around. It's a lot. Now some you know, I said you know what would Buzz Aldrin say about this? What would some of the past astronauts? It takes a lot to be an astronaut to go to the moon. It takes a lot. They're not going to land on the moon, of course, but. Just to go up to the moon and back, it's not something I don't think many artists would be doing, actually. So I don't know why they, they're excited about going. I, maybe they want to go. Great. Great for them. Awesome. If you guys want to go, great. It's awesome. But understand what it, what it entails and uh, what could happen. And there's, I'm sure there's got to be some kind of testing prior to this. Because look what astronauts that travel to the moon or just travel to the ISS, or just travel for a three-day uh, tour in orbit uh, on a, a, a crew dragon. I have to go through. So will they be going through all? The, they're not going to be going through the little bit that Blue Origin takes their astronauts on, I'm sure. This is way more, way more dangerous, way more involved. So... Dear Moon Project, check it out. Go look at the Dear Moon Project, the Dear Moon crew. I, I read a little bit about them, you know, what they do and things like this. But I've been around people like this for many, 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 many years. Uh, in my drumming days and art, artists and different things like that. And I, I would never have thought any of those people I was around all the time would want to go to the moon or around the moon. Now, I never did ask them. But I guess there was a big elimination for this to happen. So, well, I don't want to keep rambling, but the Dear Moon mission uh, and going around the moon in the Starship, the Dear Moon crew selectees are there if you'd like to go check it out. But if they want to go and they do go, more power to them. But there's a lot involved. And personally, I have a feeling that the majority of them um, may be changing their mind. We'll see. I'll just have to wait and see. Um, and I'll be watching. If, if someone, you know, if we hear that people change their mind, I'll, I'll report it, that they change their mind. And 
once they start thinking about it and they see what's involved, and we'll have to wait and see what kind of testing is involved, what kind of training. I mean, there's this is all this is just a start. I mean, this is like, hey, you want us, you want a, a, a prize, hey, and now now all the all the uh, the stuff is going to be coming coming at them. So we'll see. So uh, follow that one, go check it out. But uh, Dear Moon, like I said, uh, website Dear moon dot earth and their twitter handle is uh, at dear moon project and i hope i hope people don't get upset because that's just my opinion on things uh, from what i see and you know and i supported the space industry for two decades or pretty close to it or maybe a little bit more depending on which systems i um you know worked on and supported but um and and I know I've read a, a lot of books about the the you know the right stuff, the right stuff astronauts and the the, the ones after that and so um, bottom line you got the right stuff, sometimes you got the wrong stuff, and sometimes you got the ridiculous stuff. Well, SpaceX lifted off with forty OneWeb internet satellites. And successfully deployed 40 OneWeb Internet satellites. So, there you go. It's up there. And I've got a link. If you missed the launch, I've got a link to the launch. And I have a link to the uh, video of uh, the deployment. Uh, not at the entire 40 satellite deployment, but you can see at least the deployment of actually, you know, maybe one or two. The satellites, but SpaceX has notified that the deployment was successful. So uh, I guess this is a big thing. Um, OneWeb uh, and SpaceX. You know, I mean, you you got two companies. Some articles were saying one competitor launches a, the satellites for another competitor. <laughs> so pretty much that's it, I guess. Uh, they're internet satellites. Starlink is internet satellites. OneWeb is internet satellites. So. Um, Hey, space, you know, partners. Some, you got to do what you got to do with uh, with space. And uh, obviously, OneWeb needed SpaceX, and SpaceX was there for OneWeb. So, interesting stuff. Well, the uh, attempt at a launch for uh, ABL, the uh, ABL Space Systems, that's the Twitter handle, at ABL Space Systems says that uh, when they did attempt on December 8th, another launch uh, or launch attempt, it says operators observed off nominal data and initiated a manual abort at T minus six minutes. RS1, and this is for the uh, RS1 Flight 1 launch, RS1 is healthy. They said that we have decided to proceed with propellant offload to investigate further. So they'll be investigating why they were seeing these uh, off-nominal data, and they initiated their manual abort. But uh, maybe before the next podcast they'll be launching. We'll see. But, yeah, so ABL, RS-1 Flight 1, launch abort. Looks like NASA has tapped Collins Aerospace to develop new space station suits. Uh, got a uh, article there from Space Ref um, talking about what the award. It says they awarded a task order 
to uh, Collins Aerospace to deliver space walking system for potential use outside the International Space Station. So, if you'd like to go check that article out, it is on the Twitter feed. Also, another tweet out by China and Asia Spaceflight. Uh, liftoff of a Long March 2D Y45. They've successfully launched the Gaofen 501 uh, satellite. I do have a link to that launch video if you'd like to go check it out. Um, and also, let's see, the CubeSat payload CUSP CubeSat mission update. Um, uh, that was one of the, uh, remember all the Artemis, Artemis 1 mission uh, CubeSats that were we talked about this numerous times. I won't go into it big time, but um, the different problems they had with charging and, and all the delays they had with the SLS mission, the lift liftoff, the original liftoff, and and all the CubeSats. They were worried that they were going to be under voltage. They were discharged and weren't able to charge them, and they did charge some and a whole bit. But I talked about it in past podcasts. Well, anyway, here's another update on another one of the CubeSats that was released uh, on the mission. I guess uh, the CubeSat to study. Uh, solar particles, the CUSP, uh, they launched on the Artemis payload. I guess what happened was they did receive um, with their deep space network. Also, Scott Tully, Tilly, Scott Tilly actually received it uh, when it was first released, and, and I, he talks about that. I and I actually, when they came out with this story, I said, hey, also Scott Tilly received this signal, and then he responded later on to them. That yeah he had received it and it looked all okay but t- and I do I think I have a link to his reception of this CubeSat on the Twitter feed but uh, I guess everything was okay for a while and then they just they weren't able to um, they had a battery anomaly it says an unexplained battery anomaly and I do have a link to this article it's the NASA blog uh, blogs.nasa.gov and it talks about this CubeSat and like I said the link is there but it says an unexplained battery anomaly occurred at the end of an initial data collection period. Uh, Two minutes prior to the end of the data collection period, one of the battery cells suddenly experienced a temperature spike, jumping from 34 degrees Celsius to more than 168 degrees Celsius in under a minute. Uh, And um, let's see, another one, I guess, also did. So they were having some problems, and they just haven't been able to contact it again uh, after all this. So don't know if... um, if it's gone for good or what, but uh, that's not a good thing when the batteries spike up that much. Something happened. But, um, yeah, so there's a good article about that CubeSat. But, yeah, just another one of the CubeSats. Uh, and Scott Tilly and others, you know, they did. I think that Scott Tilly actually on one of his final uh, updates actually has the frequencies for all the different CubeSats, which was, was kind of interesting. But, um, yeah, this CubeSat, CUSP, um, didn't make it. Uh, well, for a while it did, but some of the, some of the other CubeSats never did turn on. I guess they never did hear from some of them, and some of them worked flawlessly, and some worked partially. So I've talked about a couple of those too. So there you go. Another article from Space News. Um, I guess Astrobotics' first lunar lander has passed a key set of acceptance tests, keeping the spacecraft on schedule for a launch in early 2023. So a good article there if you'd like to go check it out. It talks about the um, different testing that's been going on for this uh, lander and uh, what's 
it's going to be doing in the future, but good stuff. So, yep, Astrobotics first lunar lander passed a test. Another article from Space News, I have a link there on it. It's uh, the Defense Innovation Unit is seeking proposals for commercial services to deploy and operate payloads in outer space beyond Earth orbit, an area known as cislunar space. So, looking for uh, proposals for commercial services. See, I talked about this last week and before, about um, they're reaching out to the commercial world now more and more uh, as far as space, because so many companies are getting into space now, because space is the place. (laughs) And they see profit, because like this, the government is looking elsewhere, besides internally, to go out there and, hey, we need we need help with space. We need lots of help. We want to expand. So here's our money. Do this for us. So that's, that's happening now. And you're going to see it more and more. Uh, and they know this. So um, just one more area where government is reaching out to commercial. Um, looks like also uh, Virgin Orbit. There's an article. The first U.K. space launch from Cornwell faces delay. There's an article about that if you'd like to go check it out. Looks like SpaceX has applied to put direct-to-sell payloads on some of their Generation 2 Starlink sats. Uh, They applied to the FCC to put this uh, subset on 2016 of their Gen 2 Starlink sats uh, to use 1.4 or 5 megahertz wide LTE carriers in subset band 25, providing up to 18.3 MBPS downloads. Uh, so we'll see what happens. So we'll see if they're granted that. But I'll tell you, this um, cell towers in space, basically what you have. Other companies are doing this too. So kind of interesting. Uh, but I do have a uh, article there. Mega Installations on uh, Twitter has some of the documents there they've shared. If, if you'd like to go check that out about the... Uh, submission by SpaceX to uh, put this um, on these uh, this subset of their uh, Starlink sats, you know, 2016 of them. And anyway, so that's it. Until next time.